A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. There's a lot of discussion about what the, the new world order will be. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. In the new world order. Individual carbon footprint tracker. The difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing, it changes you. We need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's almost time for the great culling to begin. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. This is Connect Those Dots. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there. Welcome to another episode here of this humble little podcast, Connect Those Dots. And uh, last night, uh, I recorded with an incredible guest that I was super, super hyped to have on Connect Those Dots. And you can imagine my distress when the recording file got corrupted. And uh, I was shaking. I was curling into a ball. I don't curl into a ball when people try to force vaccinate me and hold my job like a carrot in front of me. I don't curl up into a ball when people try to force the mark of the beast on me. I curl up into a ball when I have this incredible content and you cannot see it. And I have this incredible guest who Dot Connectors, I'm so hyped up to have her on. And she's so gracious to come back on with me. The most banned woman in Australia, the most badass woman in Australia. Australia and the biggest media company in Australia, Z Media, Maria Z is back with me. <laughs> well, that's quite the introduction, Joe. Thank you so much. I, you know, technology, as helpful as it is, it's also unreliable on so many occasions. I have felt your pain before. Uh, and so it's really an honor to be back here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you to all the viewers today. I just really um, am so grateful for your podcast. I'm grateful for you. I had the pleasure of meeting you in Vegas. I find you to be an incredibly genuine individual. Uh, and so I, I really am uh, grateful to be here. God bless you, Maria. Like it, it really means everything to me. It's uh, it's crazy how it got corrupted, and no one will ever see that podcast. We'll call it the lost files of Z. You know, just <laughs> it's lost in the void. It's lost in the ether. It's not even in the cloud anymore. But you know what? You know what's great is that now uh, we have sort of this back and forth connection. We were able to really connect last night in our uh, conversation. And now I almost feel like the Holy Spirit is even resonating even on a higher clip right now with us too. So that's uh, that's definitely a good thing. I asked you, Maria, um, what red-pilled you? What got you started? That's one of the, the questions that I always ask my incredible guests. And uh, you answered me in a very incredible way. You said uh, that your parents fled from Serbia, fleeing the communist revolution going on in Serbia and came to Australia and that your parents knew this firsthand and uh, brought you up in a sort of uh, uh, upbringing and nurture 
where you were always skeptical of government overreach and all this type of stuff. And you talked about how your father even showed you 9-11 documentaries and all sorts of stuff. So being a dot connector, uh, it's sort of in your blood, right, <laughs> Maria? What was it like as a child growing up, like knowing all of this stuff? Were, were you scared? I will say my parents didn't flee a communist revolution. My dad grew up during communism. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned to you, he his grandmother took him, for example, in the middle of the night to get baptized in secret because that wasn't allowed at the time. But my parents fled before the war um, in, in the 90s. And so... Um, I grew up with this with this understanding that government is corrupt. Government always lies to you. And, you know, dad was so helpful in teaching me about the New World Order. He knew about it. And we kind of learned together as the years went on. We used to watch a lot of YouTube clips when they were still up on YouTube. Uh, and, and we did a lot of research together. Um, and what that meant for the rest of my corporate life, which I, I worked in corporate for many years, uh, was that I was a really... I was very problematic to the establishment. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I could see when woke agendas were coming in. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I I went along with it because it was, you know, company culture and you're really torn because it's like you want to, you want to help your company progress. I've always been a committed worker. So if you're working somewhere, you do what's best for the organization. But, you know, I started, especially in these last few years, started becoming very torn with the things that I was sort of going along with for the sake of my company and my moral compass, which, you know, was growing more and more alerted to the fact that, that, that the, this, this system was about to be unveiled. One of the key things that I was, uh, that, that made me aware that we were in serious dangerous times was I recall a protest happening in Europe some years ago where they were um, advocating for the rights of uh, people to, to engage in bestiality and they oh used Jesus on the cross, um, someone mocking Jesus on the cross, a person on, on the cross uh, oh as God. as their protest prop. And I thought, right, I know. And ever since, you know, the yes vote to gay marriage, I knew we're in serious hot water here. And so more and more I've becoming, uh, I've been becoming activated in that. And, you know, people would avoid me in the lunchroom, Joe, because if you sit down and have lunch with me, you're going to hear about the new world order. And so, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was incredibly successful at what I did, but I, I, um, I was always a pain in the side to the establishment because I could see where people were trying to destroy my individuality under the name of corporatism. Um, and, and, you know, doing things that were nonsensical for the sake of the common good which wasn't really the common good and that is the corporate structure is really the model of the new world order for the whole world you know you are a drone you do what you're told it's all for the common good everything's yeah. woke uh and that's that's the world they're trying to create yeah exactly and that brings us right back to what we talked about uh yesterday in the lost file of z is the robotization, <laughs> right? The the robotization of the human consciousness. And it starts even earlier, right, than corporate. It starts almost from the day that you're born. You're born into this sterile environment. Everything's white. You got these bright lights. You got these masked figures plucking you with, with needles from the day that you're born, chopping off parts. If you're a little boy, they're already chopping off parts of you if you're, you know, you're a little boy. So that robotization starts from when you're born, then you're going through the school system, which was 
created by the Rockefeller Foundation to create obedient drones. That's what it was. You can look it up. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Dot Connectors. Uh, and then you go through the high school system and that whole hierarchy. And there's almost like a social credit system with uh, high school. It's like this popularity contest all the time. And then you go through the college system where now it's even worse than ever. I remember like I graduated college in 2012. So wow, 10 years, 10 years ago, time flies, man. So, and even there was like a woke kind of cult even back then, I remember like, cause that's when everybody had like Trump derangement syndrome. And that's when I was like, I don't, I don't know why you guys hate Trump so much. Like he's kind of like a goofy guy. He's pretty funny. I don't know why you got to hate him so much. I wasn't, I was never politically activated that at that point either, but I always recognize it's like, why do they hate this Trump guy so much? It's because of this cult of this cultivization. It's this NPC meme that really is so apropos today. You know, the NPC meme, it's one of the most legit, like true to form memes ever. And then Everybody thinks I got to get this degree. I got to join a corporate entity. I got to work as a as a in a corporation and work my way up the corporate ladder. And that, that that is exactly like we talked about the robotization of the human being. And then you, what happens is you know what happened with me when I worked in my corporate job. They were like, "All right, it's vaccine time now, Joe. We're coming for you with the needle. Are you a team player or not?" And it's like. They use this like sort of gaslighting tactic. Like, are you down for our team? Are you a true member of our corporation? Sh show your sacrament by taking this injection. And I'm like, dude, this is creepy. Are you, you guys are creeping me out. Like legit. Like, I'm not going to do this. Here's my religious exemption. I don't want to do it. And then it's like, oh. We don't, we don't, we don't accept your religious exemption here, Joe. Oh, you don't want uh, baby fetuses in the vaccines? Did you know that Advil is used with baby fetuses too? You're telling me you don't take Advil? That's how they rejected my uh, religious exemption, Maria. And I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but like that is really the the corporate Borg mindset like where everybody is just standing in line like that scene in like Metropolis, you know? Yeah, it's it's the hive mind. And what's, you know, more terrifying is the number of people that are, you know, <clears throat> buying into this this uh, lie that AI is somehow going to revolutionize the world for the better. And what they don't understand is that they're they're feeding the hive mind uh, that AI is. But not only that. AI is then engineering the hive mind to be like it um, that has been created by the very people who've created these physical systems. Wow. Now they're creating a digital system that's even worse imprisonment. And so, you know, I, I speak about, I did a four-part series, Joe. I really encourage everyone that's watching to, to go back and see it. It's up on zmedia.com. It's a, a uncensored agenda 2045. Uh, sorry, UN 100, Agenda 2045, AI Apocalypse, Parts 1 to 4. And you can see that the UN actually have, have written a book called Remaking the World Towards an Age of Global Enlightenment because the satanic Luciferian uh, one world religion will come from the United Nations, mark my words. And so they've written this book and this age of global enlightenment is a Luciferian term, a well-known one, in fact. Um and, and they plan on entering everyone into a social contract, an AI social contract, where they are referred to as an object, Joe, not a human, not a, per, not a person, not, not, uh, not a thing, an object 
inside mm -hmm. the AI world society that needs to be governed and controlled. Uh, and the only way to earn or do anything inside this AI world society is by helping build and expand it. So basically, unless you're helping Satan create his fake world in the digital, because he can't make a real world uh, where where you're, you are literally a drone, you are not able to earn or do anything productive in society anymore. And you will be rewarded with a UBI like a surf Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, universal Alex Jones, basic income. Yes. And Alex Jones articulated this so well recently. Uh, th they want you to be like high school kids on an allowance. Yeah. Th that's what, that's what it is. That's why we connect those dots, Maria. Right. And we were talking about this, like, like the vaccine, right. Now, am I sitting here saying that the vaccine, the COVID vaccine was the mark of the beast? No, it is a proto beast system to train you to incrementally accept the mark of the beast. Are they going to come out right out with the surveillance under the skin? Everybody's got to take this microchip. Everybody's got to be surveilled under the skin. Everybody's got to swipe their car and swipe their chip whenever they want to buy or sell. Are they going to take that immediately? Some people will, but not everybody will. So incrementally training, Pavlovian training, it's like Pavlov's dog, that sort of um, positive reinforcement. We give you vaccine, you get to live life. We give you more mandates, you accept, we get you get to live more life. You don't, then we take life away from you. You don't get to travel. You don't get to go to this restaurant that you've been going to your entire life. You don't get to work at the place that you've been working at for five years. It's a Pavlovian mixed with like a hostage situation, mixed with like um, a... Stockholm syndrome kind of psychology. So there's so much of this going on and it's all to get you to accept that one world government mark of the beast, one world religion that you said is coming out of the UN and mm -hmm. the UN. We, we, we talked about this. It's, it's not the uniting nations. They call it the United nations. It's about stripping all of the individuality from all of these nations and turning into a, a corporate Borg system. Yes. It's the corporate training from when you're, from when you're born to when you're in school to when you're in work. And now when you're just a, a global citizen as they, what they want to call you. Oh, it sounds so cool. We're global citizens. We're all in this together. We're on the mother Gaia. Yeah. But the way they think of it is they just want to consolidate you and homogenize you into a faceless animal. As Yuval Harari says all the time, hackable animals. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And it's interesting. Um, the uh, I, I recall feeling like um, I really want to exit corporate for a really long time because I just hated how woke ideology was just rife through every organization. Hey, I despised it. I despised political correctness. But, you know, a lot of the time, Joe, I would think, oh, if I if I leave corporate, you know, there was a fear of a loss of status somewhat, yes, yes. you know, mm -hmm. um, and not that I ever cared what people thought about me, but there was a genuine fear of 
um, uh, you know, maybe I maybe I won't be as respected because I was very respected in my industry. I was very well known, highly sought after, um, yeah. you know, by headhunters. Uh, I did a good job, and that's not me bragging. I'm just saying I I I, I was concerned that I would lose all that hard work even it wasn't even an ego thing it was all that hard work I've done you know I I really thought this would be my career for the rest of my life I I loved what I did um and you know it it, it, there was a, a feeling like if I if I exit this system now who will I be or where will I be um and you know that was really just me not having faith in God and not knowing where God wanted to take me. And once that, that was clear. And once I submitted to that, uh, I've never gone without, I have, you know, I left my job with no backup plan. I just had some savings in my account and I had no income and, you know, I'd gotten to some pretty tough moments and I wouldn't let fear overcome me and God provided. And so it's like, you know, all you really have to do is shift your, your thinking from, I don't want to be in the world I'm in, I'm here but I'm not in the world. I'm not of the world. I, I'm, I am actually living in a separate system, which is God's system. Uh, And once that is the powering force that will give you the freedom to, to get out of that system while still living in this world. Do you you understand what I mean? It is actually the only way to do it successfully. um, uh, And, but still make a difference in the system. See, a lot of people think that, they can just leave the world behind and go and live for themselves. Um, and, and that's selfish because the reason you've done it is because something's so wrong. And our greatest servitude, uh, our greatest call in life, apart from knowing God, is to serve humanity. Um, and the greatest fulfillment in life comes from serving your brother and your sister. So, you know, if and I truly am of the belief that the only way to do that wholeheartedly, properly, um, and with integrity is when you are uh, following God's will for mankind, which is everything that's good and nothing that's evil. Um, what you just said is like so. I I mirror that so much. And going back to like what you said at the top of that soliloquy, you felt like you were losing out on all of the work that you've done. You felt like you were losing your status. You felt like you were losing. Um, you, you were falling off that ladder that you've been climbing for so long. And I can really resonate with that. And I can really relate to that because where I worked at, um, it's, it's, it was my dream job. I, I coveted this job and coveted to work for this company, Sirius XM since I was a kid, since I was like a, like a little kid, I was enamored with communications and radio and entertainment and audio editing and having fun and showbiz. And I wanted it and I pursued it. And I was, and I got to the point where I'm the metal guy at Sirius XM. I run, I, I find all the music for Octane and the heavy metal stuff. And I'm so proud to tell people, hey, Joe, what do you do for a living? Yeah, I work at Sirius XM. I'm the heavy metal guy. Yeah, I get all the, you know, I discover bands and I get them signed to record labels. No big deal. It's all good. And you don't want to leave that behind. But 
it was so easy for me to leave it behind Maria because I knew how wrong this was. And I knew God was, was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you know, what the right thing to do here is, you know, this doesn't feel good to you. You know that th this is not going to be good. And you know, even if you fake it, you're not going to feel right inside of you. Even if you get a fake vax card and swipe your QR code every single day and get in with that beast system, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're going to feel disgusting inside so he was like joe i got i knew i would be okay i knew he would take care of me i knew that i, I wasn't afraid i know that a hundred times out of a hundred i would always make this decision even though how much i loved my job and loved my status with that job because it really is a spiritual battle it really is a robotization a, a sucking of the soul a sucking of your essence when you go through these corporate mind control systems which are mind control systems because they are conditioning. They are Pavlovian conditioning as we just talked about. So it's sucking your spirit out. It's sucking your divinity out. It's sucking your connection to the supernatural out of you. And all you think of, all you think the world is, is just your cubicle and your, your four boxes around you. And you think the only way to progress in this world you don't know how to be in the world and not of it. All you know is how to be of it because it's all you know. Yes. Um, it, it, the Alice A. Bailey uh, wrote about, you know, the ways that you would, um, there was a 10 step plan, you know, to achieving the goals of the new world order, essentially. And a big part of it was uh, education. A big part of it was infiltration of Christianity and destroying family values and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and think about how the corporate model is all of those things. You know, it's actually um, very inclusive until you're a Christian. Um, oh, my God, right? Yeah. Um, or until you it's... say, oh, I like Donald Trump. I don't really hate Donald Trump. <laughs> what? You Nazi? Stand with Ukraine so we can fund Nazis, you Nazi. <laughs> I, and I have to say, you know, um, it, it's it's been a couple of years now uh, since I've worked in a, in a corporate structure. Um, so it could be even worse now. I, I'm presuming it is much oh worse. Oh my god! Than, it's, than I that. can only imagine. Um, and so you know, I, I I feel for the people that are still there. I do. Must be very challenging to be awake and inside that structure right now. Yeah. You know, very challenging. That's why I always encourage people to 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 find something that they're good at and build something outside of it. The internet is um you know full of opportunity. Um, while while we have it without our digital vaccine. Um, while we can still access it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, everything in corporate is designed, you know, think about how they reward women to go and have abortions. Oh um, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pay you to do it. Some organizations, um, everything is about destroying the family and this whole equality of women in the workplace. And this, I was never not an equal. I mean, I'd worked in a couple of companies where there was a bit of a boys club, you know, so you had a bit of, uh, you know, the boys being boys. Um, but really, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it wasn't a problem for me. I was never deprived of opportunity because of my gender. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I know and, it's, and it's, if I... it's a farce. All my bosses were women. 
And uh, the guy that hired me as an intern was was a was a was a black man. And they were all incredibly pleasant and strong, smart people. And that's that's what really pisses me off is like we got they were the left and the woke and the NWO and the agendas. They want to like pander to whatever, like they want to call it minor. I even hate using the word minority people. You know, they want to pander to certain people that have certain skin color or certain genders. That is or- so discriminatory though. Exactly. That is the most discriminatory thing. I, I saw a, um, some stats that came out about, um, you know, uh, uh, hires, the fact that predominant um, predominant new hires in the United States, something like 93% were black. And I just think that is, that's not because, you know, black people all of a sudden were the most qualified I'm sure there are many, but that's not the reason that happened. The reason that happened was because there was a clear push to diversify, which means discriminate based on color or or whatever, not white, not yellow. I don't care. Uh, The point is you've been, you've been told to discriminate based on color and you've done it. You've been told you need to diversify your workplace with more women. You are discriminating based on gender, but there's no, you know, they don't think like that. They think, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're diversifying. No, no, no. You are in the process of discriminating, you buffoons. And it's the most patronizing thing. And they sit there. They're like, oh, we're the anti-racists. We want to give affirmative action. We, You're just a patronizing weirdo. You think people aren't capable, so you want to pander. You're creepy. Like, like, true. Like, Maria, don't these people just creep you out? Like, the way they their thought process is. Like, we want to pander to everybody. And where we have white gill. And it's, like, so weird. I, I... Often listen to leftists podcasts. I have a look at their their accounts, um, you know, on social media, just to try to see if is there a way that you can somehow interact with these lunatics. Um, but you know, their their mental, it's they're so their brains are so degraded with unrighteousness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is. None of them, they are all, what you'll notice is that they're all godless. Exactly. And so what we're actually witnessing, Joe, is a spiritual condition and the result of someone who rejects God, they become more and more depraved in their thinking. And so, you know, that is, that's actually the root of their problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is that they're godless and they would see that as as a feat. And I would say, look at the result of your god godlessness you have children being murdered you have no family values in the home we're going to grow babies in pods we're going to start eating insects and that's that that that's progress to you that's that you know and and what what the most ironic thing is that they don't realize that the very ideology that they are prescribing to comes straight out of Satan's handbook. Do yeah. as thou wilt. Yeah, you exactly. are actually practicing Satanism. You morons that claim that you are not religious. You're more religious than I am because you are, you don't even realize that in your liberation, you are actually in bondage. 
And that's the whole thing. It's like, um, even with the Target, like Satan shirts, you know, Satan loves pronouns and uh, witches love your pronouns or what? join my gay cult. I did an entire episode about all the Target stuff. Like I, I covered it extensively on Connect Those Dots. And it's a funny thing because they're like, yeah, we, we're not really Satanists, but we just like invoke the name of Satan just to piss off all the fascist Christians. You know what I mean? Like, so... <laughs> You are, but like by proxy, you are a Satanist. You're doing all of Satan's like bidding. You have nothing but Satanic values and you invoke the name of the enemy and you use it as your mascot, as your champion. But then you say you're not religious, which is also another Satanic attribute. So all around, these people are completely captured. And we talked about it last night on the, uh, the lost file of Z that no one will ever hear, but you and I, we got to experience it. Um, we talked about demonic possession and I want to go into that a little bit more because people, you know, when I say demonic possession, people are like, oh, Joe, now you're going overboard. Demonic possession, demonic possession is real. Okay. And you, there, there are different levels of it. There are different frequencies that you can interact with. There are different levels. There are different schools of thought that you can resonate with and they can be high frequency or they can be low frequency. Those low frequencies, that's that demonic realm that you are resonating with. And whether you are and I've experienced this. I've experienced this on a firsthand basis on little things. I used to go to the mall. I used to like shoplift. I used to, I used to, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. They'll come after me. Oh my God. Oh, Joe, you're so terrible. I admit it. I've repented for it. I think it's horrible. I get a pit in my stomach even talking about it. But as a, as a kid, I'm as mischievous little hooligan. I used to go to the mall. I used to, you know, shoplift real quick and I would get a thrill. I would be resonating with a frequency, with a mindset. Maria, and it would feel good. I'd be like, oh, I got power. I got something over on these people. You know, I'm I'm getting ahead over here. I just saved some cash and I got a cool shirt. That is a demonic possession. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the exorcist climbing on the ceiling to be a demonic possession. Little things like that. And when you continue to resonate with that, when you continue to condition yourself like that, you are sliding deeper and deeper and deeper into that demonic frequency. And you will only do more and more godless, non-righteous acts through that. Yes, the, the Bible describes it as searing your conscience. And the more you see your conscience, like you'll find that someone who's, you know, who's murdered someone once uh, and is inherently, you know, a, a, a decent person uh, will feel extreme sorrow and shame and carry that for the rest of their lives, probably. Um, whereas a mobster who's convinced himself that, you know, this is just part of his life after the 20th person doesn't feel so bad anymore. Why is that? It's called searing your conscience. It's not mm. because it's suddenly become okay and part of your life. And so that is the same thing when someone decides to be godless. The, every decision that they make that takes them further and further from God actually opens them up more to Satan and his demonic realm. This spiritual realm is incredibly real. It's more real than the world that you see with your eyes, actually. And just as in God's army, there are different ranks of angels, uh, there are the same thing in Satan's army. And he's got 
a you know a demon for a, I don't know a chocolate addiction that's making you very unhealthy and giving you diabetes for example and he's got a a, a demon for someone that uh for something that come goes and tempts you towards adultery and destroys your marriage and your children's lives forever there are, these things actually exist and so when you aren't submitted to God's will and God's ways uh you open yourself up up to that behold satan's crouching at the door waiting for a way in and that uh, sin is crouching at the door which satan and sin same thing really um th that is a very real reality and people don't want to face it joe and this is what's fascinating to me people will look at the days of old where people uh, you know you had um, pagans practicing human sacrifice and all of these atrocious things that we just think that's just not possible anymore. We're a civilized society. We don't do that anymore. Only, you know, maybe people in the Amazon, like they convince themselves that this stuff is, is of the, from the days of old. Okay. Let me, let me just ask you if that is the case, what existed in the human condition in their beliefs that made it uh, possible for them to go to something like that? and like a human sacrifice what were their beliefs and how did those beliefs suddenly disappear or what exists in the human condition at that point that may still exist today that you're just not aware of you know people that are serving the new world order are engaging in these things we are dealing with luciferians we are dealing with freemasons we're dealing with people that sacrifice and drink baby blood uh i am not exaggerating here that never went away it's the ancient babylonian religion that yes. is very much alive today will be destroyed as god told us in revelation but it is here today and everything that you're witnessing that's wrong with the world is the symptomology uh, from that religion of Babylon. That is what it is. And so it, it's, it hasn't gone anywhere. You've just been presented with yeah. this illusion of progress that is not progress. And by now you should know it. I mean, Maria, it's, it's true. People, people like don't understand. They think all of these antiquity cultures are like a bygone era, but they were almost more advanced than we are today. And they're still doing the same stuff that they were doing back then. The Aztecs always were drinking blood and worshiping a flying serpent. Uh, it seemed like that the, uh, the, the, the Egyptians were drinking, they were eating people's pineal glands and uh, worshiping serpents in the sky. And they were, all these guys were dropping hardcore hallucinogens and, and interacting with entities and their religion was based on this and the, the same thing goes on today uh the psychonauts you know about this maria where they they microdose hallucinogenic drugs and they go into the the dmt realm or something like that and interact with the entities and i talked with jay dyer about this too he's they the, the entities always tell you the same thing you need to create a one world government you need to depopulate so you can create a utopia you need to depopulate and create a utopia and um it's basically the same thing in the book uh, Childhood's End. And I, we talked about it last night. I'm going to talk about it again, Maria. I know I talk about it all the time. But, you know, <laughs> the aliens come to the Earth. They create a utopia on Earth. They say we're going to cure all diseases. We're going to stop uh, world hunger. Uh, the world is going to be fully at peace. There's going to be no more war. And the aliens do it. And then everybody's living in the utopia. But the aliens can't show their appearance until the public has been, quote, psychologically conditioned enough to accept their outward appearance. 
And when the public is psychologically conditioned enough, the head alien reveals himself and he's a giant 10 foot horseman with the wings and the horns and the tail and the hoofs. And it's basically an allegory telling you to get ready for this fake utopian aeon, like you were talking about one world religion that the UN wants to push. And I have this clip right here of uh, the fake Pope uh, hanging out with some trannies in the Vatican. God, he's at the Serpent Cathedral. Maria, he's doing it in the Serpent Cathedral. And the Pope right here, he is a big proponent of one world religion, of merging all oh, of the yes. religions into one homogenous goop. Just this morning, I posted about this. Pope Francis uh, thinks he's a scientist now, claiming that the world is collapsing and scolding those who deny man-made climate change. And then he claimed, listen oh to this, God. he claimed that emissions per individual in the US were two times greater than those of individuals living in China. What about He's, the emissions of China? Dude, that's what I hate about these globalists so much that talk about the green agenda. Klaus Schwab sits there and he's like, we need to move forward to a green agenda. We need the green agenda. But I love China so much. Xi Jinping. You know, it's like, what what this, what this, weird world am I living in? It, we're living in a satanic inverted dystopia, folks. When you hear these people talk about this stuff, when you, when you see... Bill Gates openly saying that we need to cre create a, a, a dome around the earth that blocks out the sun because of climate change. And he's flying around on private jets, but then you can't have your thermostat at a certain temperature to make it comfortable in your apartment. There, there's a satanic Luciferian attack going on against you. Do you know what's hilarious, Joe? Every single corporate drone okay, is um, almost every single corporate drone believes that their leaders should be uh, exemplifying the behavior that they that they are, are demanding of their staff. So you, you've heard of the servant leader. You've heard of, you know, this is a really, really uh, popular thing in a lot of corporate environments. You know, the leader is there to serve, which I agree with and I lived by. But um, uh, uh, as a as a senior leader, but um, I mean within my company. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So so they they have the servant leader model. They the staff get really upset when you know a manager says, "Oh, guys, we need to do this, 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 and we've got to stay back and blah 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 blah." But if that manager leaves early and leaves you there staying back and working, you'll get you'll get pissed off at that. Mm -hmm. Why don't people get the same pissed offness? about what you just said or John Kerry saying I have to keep flying around in my private jet because I'm I'm too important. Why is the same rage not there with the leftists? I'll tell you why. I, it's a psychological attack. The media and like the Hollywood celebrity culture 
has created sort of a Mount Olympus kind of phenomenon where they create these demigods like Bill Gates. Like Bill Gates is this larger than life, super crazy genius billionaire superhero. You know, Elon Musk, he's like Tony Stark. I'm not saying Elon Musk is bad, but I'm just saying, you know, they create this almost Mount Olympus sort of Justice League kind of like superhero fascination where they create these larger than life characters that are only just human. And then they say, oh, but Bill Gates can do it because he's an expert and he's helping the world. You know, John Kerry can do it because, you know, he he had my best interests at heart. He's a liberal. He's a good guy. And you know what? Like Yuval Harari can sit there and call me a hackable animal because, you know, he's a genius and his 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 book sold millions of copies. It's 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 really just it, that's sort of that phenomenon that goes on, and that's like what you see at these TED talks when they say all these horrific things at the TED talks. Harari goes up there, he's like, "The Nazis couldn't do it, the KGB couldn't do it, but now we have the power to go under your skin and con- control your thoughts." And everybody's like, "It's it's it's like astounding. a demigod it- phenomenon." Yep, yep, it is a religion. It is a religion and these people don't worship. understand. Yes. They don't understand that they're already, already worshiping Satan. Yeah. They already are. I know. And, and that's this what's is, so and, horrific. And, and, and it's, it's, it's hilarious because they say they're so anti-religion and yet Yuval says to you, AI, we're, we're all going to become gods. Well, if you're mm-hmm. so anti-God, why would you want to become a god? I know. What, what god, do you mean? God does not exist, but I will become a god when I upload my consciousness into the cloud. But consciousness yeah. does not exist for you because you're a hackable animal. But but I'm not. But I, it's they're all confused. These people, even the the higher up ones, from Klaus to Harari to Gates, they are in a confused demonic state of trance. They think they're so smart. They think they got it all figured out. They think they're the innovators. They are literally being puppeteered by demons. And Maria, well, let's... well, yes, Joe. Sorry, let me just say there. This is the part that I, you know, I, I just wish I could say to one of their faces, but I've said it on many broadcasts. You're going to hell, and and it's not going to be a party. If you've read the Satanic Bible and if you've read some of these texts and what their beliefs are, you know, they think that Lucifer's some hard done by guy and God's the tyrant stopping you from, you know, um, you know, having sex with anything you want to, anything that moves and doesn't move. Like it, God's just a tyrant that's stopping you from all of that. Um, and, and, th- and so they, they genuinely think that they're going to have some sort of a party in hell with Lucifer. It's like, guys, you're going to be in the lake of fire. You're going to be in pain and tormented for the rest of eternity. And, 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 and there's actually, you don't have to be, you don't have yeah. to be this, this moment that you think you're creating something here on earth. It's so temporary compared to eternity. You're actually going to suffer for the rest of your days and be eaten by maggots like perpetually. There's no way out once you're there and there's no hope there. And so, you know, this, th- th- these grand illusions are just, they're so pathetic. Yeah. They're actually and, pathetic. And the, folks, 
they're like these people are actual satanists i mean you can see it in all of their symbolism you can see it in their logos you can see it in that one video that i just showed you of the pope hanging out with the trannies he's in the serpent cathedral maria he's right inside of the serpent's mouth for anybody that doesn't know the serpent cathedral here's my quick little reel about it cathedral if you've never seen the serpent cathedral at the vatican here you go now tell me what that looks like you got the scales, you got the eyes, you got the fangs, you got the tongue. And right in the serpent's mouth is this sculpture right here. It's called the Sculpture of the Resurrection. And th that's, that's supposed to be Jesus inside of the serpent's mouth. And look at old Popey Baby just hanging out right there. And here he is hanging out with the trannies inside of the serpent's mouth. And it gets even deeper, Maria. You know it as well. You know that the World Economics Forum logo is 666. You yep. know, I've covered this a thousand times. I don't even need to get into it again. Here's so, this lady. All of them. All of them yeah. have that symbology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's this lady. Is it a lady or is it a guy? I don't want to misgender her. Uh, Who knows? Uh, please do misgender. Uh, I don't want to be Just a constantly bigot. misgender. Yeah, no, no. We should constantly misgender as a sign of how confusing and stupid this has gotten. I'm just going to start referring to people as dolphin or tree stump and see how they <laughs> respond. It's like, oh, sorry. I just don't know anymore what to call you. This this individual right here might actually identify as a tree stump because she certainly looks like one. Uh, she wants to take away your water, Maria. With COVID, right, we are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and our region and our nation and globally. And did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. So highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective, because it, it does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to solve those problems with, which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. Huh. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water, understand every it kid well. knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, you need water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really, in some ways, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably other times? And hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things, but anyway. Wow. So I, I will say this clip has been floating around a lot. Um, so I went and watched the whole thing. I've watched mm -hmm. the whole half an hour with her on the panel. And I, I do think it's been taken a little bit out of context, but not really. Let me explain. The, the panel is about... Um, uh, water conservation and making sure that everyone has uh, access, not, not even conservation, access to water and that we protect people's access to water. That's what the, the panel was actually about. Um, and so they were giving their input on uh, helping people understand how important it is for the world for everyone to have equal access to water, including, you know, people in remote communities that don't have that access, right? So in some ways, what they were talking about was noble. The problem is when you know about UN 30 by 30, for example, where they say that uh, everything is going to be um, taken essentially by the UN um, and, and uh, declared a, a conservation area where humans don't get to go there, what they are actually saying 
is we want control over the world's water systems so that we can control people's access to it because yes. we want to put people uh, in a in a position where they are hungry, where yes. they are thirsty, so on and so forth. So that's um, what I got out of that, Maria, and I equate yes. it to what we were talking about earlier. We and, and what she was saying was very poignant. We weren't able to control everybody by, you know, threatening them with a virus and making sure we can dangle the carrot or the vaccine in front of them. We weren't able to control everybody with climate change and having everybody think that you're you're destroying the world because of your petrol vehicle. We we but we can control everybody if we take away their water and control their water. Even little kids know about they need to have water. But here's That's the thing, Joe. That. That lady may not may not be evil, right? Mm -hmm. Let me let me let me say this. That lady may not be evil. What she was actually saying in that entire panel was, I mean, what she if you watch the whole thing, they were advocating for equal access to water and making sure that everyone has it and that we protect the water so that humanity can have enough of it, right? The people that are that are presenting on that panel may actually think they're there for that purpose. Exactly. Some may not, some may not, but some do. And everyone in that audience, majority would think, yeah, this is like my my social cause. I want to help people have access to water. I'm yep. doing charity here. Mm -hmm. What they're actually doing, more likely than saying we're going to control your water, what they, although she may be. But what they're more likely is they've been they've been weaponized against the people to put these things in place that will actually result in the horrific future of controlling food and water. But they don't even know it. Exactly. And this is the part. This is exactly. what we were talking about right at the start of this conversation, where we were saying you build up your whole career. You you don't want to lose that. These people think they're part of some prestige, noble cause to save the planet. Many of them, I'm not saying her, she may be evil. She may be, but many of them are. But many of them just think they're doing good. Yep, yep. And, they, and they're and it's, contributing to progress. Yes, and they talk about it too. They never let a good crisis go to waste. So all these crises that mount on top of each other, crisis on top of crisis on top of the crisis, they create the circumstances where they have to do a global control and global regulation on your water. We wouldn't yes, have to have- Yes, but Schwab knows this. Exactly. Schwab knows this. But all of those little minions in the crowd, I would say at least 50%. Idea what's going on? They just think that they're doing their charitable deed for humanity. That's almost a bigger problem than the fact that Schwab knows what's going on. Do you you, you get where I'm going with this? Yes, exactly. It's like it's it's this weird mind control tactic where you think you're doing something noble, but you're actually doing something evil. And that's yes. again sort of the robotization of the human. And it's I'm just following orders here. I'm just I, I thought I was in the WEF. I thought we were trying to make the world a better place. I thought we were trying to save the world's water. And then when you're in too deep, you you can't even escape. You can you don't even know that you're doing evil stuff you don't even know the crime that you're involved in and, and it's like everything it's like the border patrol they can't cover they can't do their job at the border because they're given orders to just let the illegals through it's like what we saw in maui how the police officers were given orders to cut off the road and let people burn in the street how many of these order followers are we going to have that sit here and don't follow their heart, don't follow their humanity, don't follow their spirituality and are so robotized, robotized 
if that's a word roboticized there it is <laughs> but it's true maria it's it's a real evil thing it's what we do it's it's like the nazis it's like it's like the people that had to fire me for my job or, you know, I, I quit my job, but the people that had to forcibly tell me to Joe, you're, we're just following orders here. And if you don't, you can't be with us. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And this is the progression and this is where it leads. And this is the Pavlovian conditioning. Yes. Um, it's a very sad state of affairs. And, you know, in many ways, many of the things that I thought I was doing previously um, in my career that were helping people, and genuinely, we were. We were changing lives. My my main, my last job was, um, you know, helping disabled people and people with various medical conditions into meaningful employment. That's, you know, it was breaking free from the welfare system and having financial independence. It it literally changed lives. It stopped people from the path of suicide, for goodness sake, because you've broken free from government chains. You know, this is very empowering. So it was, it was powerful. Uh, but at the same time, we were keeping the cog going. Yeah. The cog of welfare in some ways. Exactly. Exactly. We were we were we were um you know obtaining um we would obtain financial incentives or the the company would not the individual for achieving an outcome for a person for example keeping them in a job for 6 months. That's great. Yeah. Um but but you know that that was that was tax dollars. Exactly. Uh, oh my god. If Maria. welfare if welfare didn't exist, uh, then tax dollars wouldn't be going to, wouldn't need to go towards that. Do you know what I mean? So it's exactly. like. Exactly. And Maria, it's so true. Like, I mean, I could talk to you for friggin' hours, you know, like <laughs> it, it's like the same thing here in this country. They want to keep you in such a destitute state that if, if you make more than $500 a week, then you cannot qualify for me for like welfare and all these things. So it's, it's about keeping you destitute. It's about keeping you from aspiring to ascend so that you can get these government handouts that you can be this little, uh, epsilon in their brave new world system that you just get these stipends and you get these UBIs, people are already on a UBIs. It's already soft UBIs already exist in the form of welfare. Absolutely, they do. And, you know, like I said, um, helping people break free from that was awesome. I loved it. Um, but the system, like, really shouldn't exist or it should be super limited, um, you know, where you are teaching individuals personal responsibility and you're teaching them how to become independent. If the government actually cared about welfare, that's how it would be done. You've got this amount of time to get back on your feet uh, and then that's it. And that person would bust their ass. And do you know how I know they would bust their ass, Joe? We've got a system here in Australia where after a certain amount of time on being on welfare, if you're in a particular category, if you haven't found a job, you need to go and do what's called work for the doll, which is 25 hours or 15 hours a week of free work for the community, depending on uh, what your capacity is. You have to go work for free which is going to give you skills to help you get a real job, right? Because you've, mm -hmm. you've been, now your unemployment gap's too large and you have to go get those skills. And do you know that 90% of my clients, as soon as I said, okay, now we've got to go to work for the doll. Oh, all of a sudden they found a paid job. Yeah. 
Yeah. So why weren't you capable of that six months ago? My point is, if you say welfare is here for one month, that's it. That's all you've got. You better go and bust your ass. Because I've had times where I'm unemployed 14 hours a day. I'm job searching until I've got a job. And within a week, I'm employed. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that hard. Um, And don't get me wrong. There are people out there who need the additional assistance, people that with disabilities, things like that. I'm all for that. My point is the welfare system if they really wanted to help you would be limited and that's it in australia we've got people that have been on welfare for 25 years <sighs> 25 years they're full time taxpayer drainers and maria you know you you are the biggest media in australia and you did it by just starting on your phone making instagram reels uh, with a shaky camera and you were getting more views than the actual Australian media. And that's how you started Z media and Maria. Just, so you've been doing it for what, like three, four years now, Z media. Uh, it's a, it's a, officially only really a couple of years, two years. Wow. Officially. Yeah. Yeah. But, and but you are I, a juggernaut of truth and power and Liberty and all this stuff in a country of Australia that b- before I was like in this red pill, before the COVID happened, essentially, right? Before COVID happened, I was always very intrigued in Australia. It was uh, gorgeous. I always thought the people there were like super cool. Yeah, mate, let's do it, mate. You know, like very chill, easy going. And then when I saw the clips coming out of Australia, it really just floored me. From people like Carrie Chant, the health secretary, uh, from people like uh, Dan Andrews, Michael Gunner, all these people. If you want, if, Doc Connectors, if you want to go back, my second podcast ever on Spotify, it's called Australia is Ran by Psychopaths. And I did an entire expose about these people in Australia because they floored me so much with how just... Just how they were getting off on that power, just how they they were resonating with that power and the statements that way they would use. We got to get the sheep through the gate, you know, we just got to get a few more sheep through the gate. As it's, it's a bit like, you know, getting the sheep through the gate um, into the run. Uh, we, yeah. We're looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Okay, mate. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order, in the new world order. If you are anti-mandate, you are anti-vex, and we will come for you. If you give anybody comfort, we will come for you, mate. If you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer, absolutely. Your personal vaccination status is utterly irrelevant. And if you are out there in any way, shape or form campaigning against this mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. If you say pro-persuasion, stuff it, shove it. We are absolutely going to make sure as many territories as possible are vaccinated. That is our best protection against this thing. Oh, you know, like it was like... And don't forget, Anastasia Palaszczuk, this is not a very widely shared clip, but it's on my website, saying that uh, a morning show asked her, what what are the camps going to be used for? And she said they'll be used for the unvaccinated. It's just, And they did. They used even people that were vaccinated and just tested positive. I, I mean, the thing about the Australian people, Maria, you can you can explain this more to me. I feel like there's like 
they're nice and easygoing and they're docile but able to take advantage of but at the same time like they're badass and they can like i and they're like very adventurous and outdoorsy and like they am i what is it with the australian people i remember i saw this video of this poor woman she's like my job told me to get vaccinated. I didn't want to get vaccinated, but I took the AstraZeneca and I still got COVID. I took a lateral flow test and it told me I still got COVID. I don't know what to do. And now I'm having hives all over my body because I took this damn vaccine. And then like, and, and I'm like, I just feel so sorry for you, but it's like, I almost can't help but laugh like if that's heartless of me like lord have mercy on me it's it's like well, let me be clear i'm laughing because you do a good job at the australian accent not at this poor <laughs> woman's misfortune but um it, it's the the problem with australians is the problem with most people and it's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time right but in terms of our population we 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 have a huge pub culture um, and I can't tell you how many people said to me that they didn't want to get injected, but they had to, so they could go back to the pub. Wow. That is the most disgusting thing I have heard leave Australians mouths. If I'm honest, That's uh, because yeah, it is. Um, you know, I recall even sitting around a campfire at a, at a farm I used to frequent to get away from the madness during lockdowns. Oh, God. Um, and, and a lady saying to me, I don't care. I just want to go back to the pub. Give me however you want. Like you are the most disgusting human. That's the mindset that's going to get us all sacrifice. Yeah. To go and sacrifice your health, the health of your neighbor to take the risk that your neighbor may drop dead tomorrow so that you can go and have a frosty beer next to a television with your mates. <laughs> you're a, you're a piece of crap. I can like, I, this, this is the, it infuriates me, Joe. Yeah. You are a literal people piece like of crap. Us, and I don't people like to, us had to lose to, everything. And, but I, don't mean to, I can't no, lose that's me. That's not pub. even why. Yeah. That's not even why. And I don't mean to refer to someone as a piece of crap, but, but your attitude is that's not, that's not even why it's not about what I've lost. This yeah. is the this is the thing that differentiates us between them. I care more about the person next to me and their future than I do about my own. Otherwise, I would have stopped when I got debanked or got plastered all yeah. over mainstream oh media God. as a domestic terrorist, right? As soon as they they put me on 60 minutes, if I cared so much about myself, I would have stopped there. But I don't. Mm -hmm. I care about my future just, just as much as I care about yours. And these people only care about this current moment of enjoyment that from tomorrow you'll be eating crickets in a pod, you absolute imbecile. Yes, you will eat the bug with the crispy crunch. Did you see that little silly meme video of Klaus Schwab going around? Yeah, I know. But Maria, I, I completely agree with you. And like we are completely simpatico on this. And these people that say, I just want to go to the pub, that's what's going to get us enslaved, folks. That's the type of mindset. If you are if you continuously condition yourself to be Pavlovianly trained, you will accept the mark of the beast, okay? Even if you said no to the vaccine and stuff like that, it's going to get harder. They're going to take away things that are going to be way more, like, just like you heard the lady talking about the water. And even if she doesn't know about it, Klaus certainly does. And the people that control Klaus certainly do too so what you got to do is you got to be like maria z 
You got to look at Maria Z and be be like, wow, this woman is an absolute role model to me. I want to be like her. She did it all on her own. She got active and she's effective. That's why they debank her. That's why they attack her. That's why they put hit pieces out her. That's why she's the most banned woman in Australia. That's why when you try to Google her, she doesn't show up, but she still has the number one media in Australia. That's because she's effective. That's because she's got the Holy Spirit behind her. That's because she's a follower of Christ. That's because she hasn't bend the knee to satanic demons. So we want to be like you, Maria Z. And if you want to be like Maria Z, you can check out her website at z media that's three z's z media.com and you can look at all the stuff maria is doing you can follow her on x you'll follow her on instagram and you, you follow all of maria's great work and all of the stuff that she has to offer on her amazing website maria last thing for the dot connectors uh dearest dot connectors and everyone watching this right now uh as much as i appreciate joe and and all of his kind words don't don't aspire to be like me i'm imperfect Aspire to be like Jesus, who loves, who told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And when we do that, we won't go and compromise so that we can have a drink at the pub. We won't stop. We won't compromise for anything. We won't, we won't give in to this agenda for the sake of, you know, a moment of convenience because we understand that it will cost us our souls ultimately. God gave us very, very clear warnings to come out of Babylon. What you're seeing is the system of Babylon right now. And I would encourage everyone to condition themselves against the programming by conditioning themselves to come out of Babylon. God bless you, Joe. And to all the viewers, thank you. Amen. That's where we're going to leave it off. Thank you, Maria Z.